No, 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 we're just having a good time here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Rich. This is my wife, Janet. It's our privilege to serve you. And uh, we are excited about today. We've had two great services. We believe this is going to be a, a good one. We've got a lot to go over. So if you've got a notepad, I really want you to, to take some notes and think about a couple of things today as we really dive in and look at what God's word says about a few things. And here's what we know about life, and especially this time right now, is that, that we need the instruction of the Lord. We need the word of God active in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit moving in a mighty way. How many of you need God? You can't do it without him, right? That's why you're here. We need help. And specifically, we're talking about marriages and relationships today. But here's, before we get going any further, I want to say this. If you're a single in the room, chill out because this is for you also. Youth, you teenagers in here, this is for you as well because it's going to save you a whole lot of time if you will get the foundation correct now. Because what you don't want to do is get all the way down the line and go, oh, man, we have to institute all of this stuff now. No, it's better to learn it now, to implement it now so that you don't have to change things later. And so we're going to be revisiting some roles. And we, we never get far from Scripture, right? And about every year we unpack what Scripture says about this and Again, what we know about, about life and about marriage is that it's hard. It is hard. It's work, right? You better get to work on it. You better be pushing and driving and, and getting better. And the best way that you can do that is get closer to God in your own relationship. Because when she gets closer to God and I get closer to God, we get naturally closer to each other. Doesn't mean it's perfect because we're people, right? And um, you're pretty close to perfect, but I'm pretty far off from that. And, you know, it's messy, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's messy enough, and then COVID comes along. Some people didn't like their spouse pre-COVID, and then they had to be locked up with them. It was like, you know, you're passing each other, and it's like, wipe that face off your face. You know what I mean? I'm so sick of you, you know, I can't stand you, you know what I mean? And you're like, just wanted to get out of there, and that's not okay, right? We can do better than that. In fact, we must do better than that because there's something that happens. We know there's facts about divorce. We know that approximately 50% of marriages end in divorce. And if we're not careful, we'll just kind of throw that out there. And I say, man, we got to do better. We must be better as the church. And, and that means we have to get better individually so this can happen. Not only does, does your, most marriages end in that, that's the most, right? So for sometimes of like 52%. That's the majority. And then if you've got subsequent marriages after that, we know second marriages can jump up to like 60%. And if you have a third marriage, like 73% end in divorce. You know why? Because it gets easier to quit once you quit. Just, it's just like, oh, I already did that once. I'll do it again. And so here's what we, what we say, and I say this. I'm not a counselor, but I end up doing some marriage counseling sometimes pre, mid, and post. And it's this, is that divorce cannot be an option. There's times when I know she wants to strangle me. When I wear my wig around the house and I just rock it out, you know, she's like... <laughs> Yeah, you Baby, know. I love you. <laughs> and all my craziness. It takes one, one goofy one and one serious one, right? That's what I always heard. Well, I'm the goofy one if you didn't figure that out. <laughs> and, uh, but no, 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 this, this pandemic thing, we're not going to let this thing get on top of us. We're going we're gonna to thrive in this. And I know that, that we've said a lot already, but I want, I want you to talk about this because we've been praying a lot about this. And even before she jumps in here, what I want you to understand is I want you to if you're a married couple, we're talking about biblical, the biblical model of marriage, one man, one woman, right? If you are married and you want to do better, then we want you to sign up for this marriage conference. 
And everybody was like, well, we're dating. Can we come? And I was like, mm, not to this one. We're going to do something else for you guys later. But we're talking about marriages, doing it God's way, right? And so we want to get after that. But babe, why don't you take just a minute and talk about what, what you see in our society right now? Well, um, no surprise. Family's on the attack. Marriage is on the attack. And parents, husband and wives, and the kids are suffering. My daughter, we've been married uh, 18 years. My daughter is 16 years old. And she came home a couple months ago. I mean, not surprising. She said, Mommy, you know, um, a lot of my friends are blended family or single parents' family. And almost like, you know, nowadays for a child or children to have both parents, it's almost like a luxury. Yeah. Almost luxury. So, so say that to say it's, it's really, it's, it's not okay. It's not okay. We can do better. We have instructions from the Lord, from the Word of God, yeah. that we can do better. And what breaks, breaks our heart and breaks God's heart. But here, I want you to hear this. If you, if you have been divorced, there's, there's grace in this room, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I want to I really, I, wanna, I want you to hear my heart on this. The healing, the restoration, the completion in you, and your family, it comes from the Lord. I want you to go home and read Romans chapter 8. Verse 1 says, there is no condemnation for those who in Jesus Christ, okay? Right, Paul also ends chapter 8. It says, no separation from the love of God. So I want you to know that and move on and press forward. There's much bigger blessings in store for you. Amen. And please receive the healing and don't get stuck in the past, yeah, yeah. press forward. There's, there's so much inside of that right there because everybody in here has been hurt at some point. You felt the sting of a relationship, everybody. We're not even only talking about marriages in here. We're talking about parents, right? We're talking about siblings, you know, aunts, uncles. There's, and if we're not careful, we'll let that distort how we view love. And we can't love well. I'm gonna say this several times today. We cannot love well until we understand God's love well, right? And when we do that, we let him love us. That's all he wants to do is just love us and show us his love. When we let that happen, it comes out, and then all of a sudden, I'm able to love better. We just, this needs to continue to happen in our lives because we get messed up. And it's like maybe, maybe your model that, that was shown to you was totally broken. And for that, I say I'm sorry. I mean, I wasn't there for that, but I'm sorry that happened to you. And for some of you, there is going to be a healing that happens today. You're going to let some of that go, that root of bitterness that is inside of you that, that causes you to fall into this pattern of, of just meanness in your relationships, the hurt, because hurt people hurt people, right? And you get that, and you're like, who do you hurt the most? Typically, you hurt the people you're, you're most comfortable with. That's the people in your house, which is what we shouldn't do. We shouldn't hurt anybody, but that's oftentimes what happens. But here's what I know about God, his faithfulness, his healing, his restoration that you mentioned, how he touches us and peace can come over our household is that this, striving marriages are possible. Amen. Amen. But we have to do it God's way. We have to do it God's way. And so again, we are talking about the biblical model for marriage. And we see it in Scripture over again, and it's, and it's a challenge. It's a fight for us to do this. And so you might be sitting there, and you say, what in the world is God's way? And I, look, there's this beautiful book, right? Joel Steen would say, this is my Bible. There are many like it, but this one's mine. And I said, get a Bible and read it. Because how in the world can we apply this when we don't know what it says? I mean, it's telling me 
what to do inside of our relationship. And it's very easy to go, man, it's pink and blue right here. You know what I mean? It's male and female. And it's just really difficult. And, you know, guys will default to, you're crazy. You're psychotic, right? Because there's this emotional thing that happens. And we default to that by just saying that. They don't want to hear that, by the way, in case you haven't figured that out in your years of marriage. Don't say that. It might be rolling around in there. Don't let it come out here. It doesn't help anything. You know what I'm talking about. So just hold that. Sit on it for a while and things will get better in just a couple days, I promise. But what is God's way? We must understand his purpose for our marriage. And, and let me break it to you. It's not only for your satisfaction. Now, we have great satisfaction in our relationship in a lot of ways. We won't go into detail about all that, but listen to this. The satisfaction, it, it, it happens when she goes towards God and I go towards God and we go towards God and we come together in wholeness, holy whole, inside of our relationship, that satisfaction happens. But it's not only for that, it's bigger than that. And here's what I want you to get. This really comes from this, this series that we've been talking about, to Becoming One, that we're going to go into more and more. You're going to hear several things from this today. But this is it. God's purpose for our marriage is to mirror his love to the world. Now, that's a big statement. Like, how in the world could that happen? Would you ever just see somebody and like, those two love Jesus and they love each other? No, I've seen the opposite. I grew up in church, so I've seen some people who's like, we don't believe in divorce, but they hated each other. You know what I'm talking about? Some old people, they don't talk to each other. They just bicker constantly. And it's like, when I grew up in a church, I was like, man, that guy says he loves Jesus. She says she loves Jesus, but they hate each other. How does that happen? Yeah, but we don't believe in divorce. I'm like, but you're miserable. Is that what God wants for our marriage? Absolutely not. He wants us to thrive. I want people, when they look at our relationship, to go like, man, he loves Jesus a whole lot, and he loves his wife a whole lot, and vice versa. That can happen, but we have to do it God's way. So let's jump in here in Genesis chapter 1, the beginning, the beginning, right, the first book in the Bible, in verse 26. Let me just get after it. It says this, then God said, let us make human beings in our image. This is the Lord talking. He says us, so we see the plurality of God right here in our image. To be like us, they will reign over the fish in the sea. That word reign is important. The birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. The second time he mentions it, in the image of God, he created them. Third time he mentions it, male and female, he created them. So we begin to see the confines of biblical marriage here. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. What do you see there, babe? The foundation, okay? Go back to Genesis, the, the creation, how God created us. The beginning, the very beginning, the, the, the structure, the structure of humankind from the very beginning, male and female. And then later on, you see the family structure. But three things I see here, all right? According to God's image, he created us. That means we look like him. You look like him. You representing God. Do you know that? So now... You're like, wow, right? Your intentionality, responsibility kind of go higher a little bit. I hope so. Yeah. Number two, reproduction. It's us. We are blessed to do that as women. Be fruitful and multiply. Years ago, I feel like it was a physical thing. Okay, we give birth, you know, children, blessings, da-da-da-da. No, not just simple. It's spiritual as well. That's right. The godly heritage in your home, you might say, hey, I'm the first generation. Good for you. Me too. Keep that godly heritage from generation to generation. 
Me to my daughter Grace. I want my grandbaby has that. The blessings will come. The blessing will come. If you violate the beginning, the originator of the foundation, yeah. guess what? The consequence will come. Yeah. But the deceiving part of the consequences is it doesn't come today. It comes later. Yeah. comes later. So you do not want to pay, pay the price, okay? You do not want to pay the price. This, do it God's way. This beautiful thing that happened that you just laid out is really like what happens when the gospel comes alive inside of us, right? So I was living my life without God or you were living your life without God. He comes in, you meet Jesus. There's a transformation that happens. People get, if you change, which you should, when you meet Jesus, things should change, right? Everything should change. It's like I was this guy. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind. Now I can see. I once was lame. I can, all the, the old things right there. But this happens that we begin to reflect God in our lives. So people might see, they haven't seen you in a while. You started coming to church. God has done a, a great restorative work in your life, and they see you, and they go, what happened to you, man? You've changed. Things are really looking up for you. And you mean by looking up, you mean Jesus? Yeah, he changed my whole life. He set my feet on a solid ground. So you begin to reflect his goodness, his mercy, his love to the world. But not only that, you re reproduce, right? So that's what happens. We, discipleship. We were called to make disciples, not just converts, but not only that, that we would reign because we're in the kingdom of God and we serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords and he has a kingdom set up and we enter into his kingdom and we get to, we get to enjoy being part of the kingdom and reigning forever, right? But listen to this because we're not perfect again. She's not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. If you're looking for the perfect one out there, forget about it. It's not going to happen, right? But listen to this. Don and Sally Meredith said this. He said, God, Don said this, God created Eve as a perfect provision for Adam. Yep. Yep. She is my perfect provision, as is, okay? Now, we think like this, oh, man, some of you are already thinking about imperfections in your spouse. Well, you think about your own imperfections, right? No, we think like sometimes that it's my job to fix her imperfections, but what is happening is that God is actually using her imperfections to work on me because I need a ton of help. It's not, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not, let, me, let me just patch you up and do my work on you. And No, it's not to do that. I'm not making a list. I'm not doing it. When I begin to settle in of who God made her to be and all of her personality and everything that comes with it, then, then it, it's working on me making me into the person I'm to be there. And so this is a beautiful thing, right? That's right. Genesis 22. Okay, God, when God created Eve, right, created Adam, put him to sleep, and then he took a rib out of Adam and made Eve. And then what? God gave Eve to Adam. So that's perfect provision. Yeah. As that being said, listen to this. Adam didn't say, oh, Lord, can you make her a little skinnier? Can you just make her a little taller because I like, I like, I like a taller woman? No. Perfect provision. Perfect provision. Side by side, right? The rib is side by side, not from your head so that you can rule over your husband. That's what the scripture said. Yeah. Not from your foot so that husband, you can stomp on her. No. Side by side. We are equally important and influential as our husband. So believe that. Believe that. That's the biblical Family, construction, so, structure. That's, this is perfect. I love that, that side-by-side thing. This is important. Because some, some of you guys think that you are to dominate. No, you're not. 
We're going to see that today. And we're going we're gonna to unpack a few things today, but, but listen to this. Genesis 2, 24 said this explains why a man must leave his father and mother, right, and be joined to his wife. We call this leaving and cleaving is the old King James English that I would leave this, become this, become part of the kingdom, and Tony Evans does a great series called Kingdom Man, right? You have your kingdom. It's under God's kingdom, but this is your little section that you get to rule over, and men do it the right way. We'll get to it in just a little bit. But Matthew 19 says, they are no longer two, but one flesh, to becoming one. Therefore, God is joined together. Let no man separate. Remember, divorce is not an option. Listen to this. The joining of a husband and wife is a lifelong process. It's, I, don't, I don't care as much about this altar moment. Some of you spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars having a great ceremony. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to go crazy, go crazy. We got married in the middle of China with a Chinese magistrate, and it was like, stamp, 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 you're married. And we were like, God bless this marriage because we couldn't get here to do it. We're just as married as anybody else, right? So I would say maybe spend less money on the ceremony and start investing in your actual marriage because what happens here, you stood at the altar and you say, hey, I promise to love and to cherish and sickness and in health. We're richer for poor till death do us part. And then six weeks later, you're like, I'll kill them. They drive me crazy. And like, what happened? You're just sitting there loving each other. I just did it. I saw you guys. So, so what happens in this thing? And it's, it's because we don't understand the process of the present continuous that we are becoming one. It's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process that happens. So as we talk about roles, this is so important to get right, the biblical understanding of roles inside of marriage. And so, babe, I want you to, to, to quickly kind of unpack this, what this looks like for women today. So I'm not just talking to the ladies and everybody's hating me. Yes, roles are important. Like you work for a company, right? Employee, employer. Well, better for you to do a better job is know your role, right? Marriage is the same thing. The scripture constructs us that there's a role, special role for us, and special role, roles, I say, because we do play many roles. The first one is wives. You are helpers. Remember? What did God say to man? It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a woman to be your what? Helper. Helper. Side by side, right? Helper, listen. This is very, I might get some uh, emails and coffee time, uh, Bible study time with ladies because you're like, oh, no, I think I'm more important than a helper. But listen, listen to this. Take comfort. In the New Testament, in New Testament, John actually described the Holy Spirit as helper. Don't you, don't you just feel so honored that the helper also, the one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit is a helper, and we are, we get to be a helper to our husbands. We get to do that. God designed it for us. How wonderful, how beautiful is that? And um, also here, God designed us different than men. We're different. We're more emotional, more relational. It can be good and can be bad. Let me tell how can it be bad. We cry a lot, right? We're happy, we cry. We're sad, we cry. We're tired, we cry. We cry, <laughs> we cry a lot, right? Emotional. Look at the scientific side of it. But you say, hey, that's science. Yes, God made science too, okay? So that can be good too because, you know, what give us a special ability. I was looking, I was looking at the room. Look, we have great teachers, women, because of you, God-given ability, emotional, more emotional, more relational. You are good caretakers. You're good nurses. You're good mothers. You're nurturing. You're tenderhearted. 
you are listening, you are serving, you are kind, you, you care, you deep care. So that makes you who you are, makes you very special. And then in the minister, this many years coming a long way, I came across something very, very, very crucial. I want you ladies to hear. Ladies, okay, not just wives, ladies. Proverbs 14, 1, it says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish ones tear hers down. Wow. We all want to be wise, right? But do you know what is the secret between the wise and the foolish? Go back to Matthew chapter 7. The wise men built a house on the rock. That's right. The foolish men built a house on the sand. Yeah. Long time ago, I thought, okay, the foolish men must didn't go to church. No, 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 no. They both went to church. They both under the teaching of the word. The wise men only wise because the application of the word. Oh, that's so good. Hear the word and apply the word. Yeah. That make her wise. So a wise woman, listen, wise woman builds her house. Many, many years I have encountered some women tears down her family, tears down her, her household, tears down her husband. I'm like, girl. You don't even need the devil to help you. You tear it down with your hands and with your mouth. It's not okay. It's not okay. Right. We got to be wiser than that because we have the word of God. Proverbs 31, 28, 29 says, Her children arise. Her, this is the reward of being a wise wife and wise woman. Her children arise, cause her blessed. Her husband also praises her. That's kind of the goal that we need to strive for. All right? Listen to this. There's, there's this, this beautiful part when you begin to unpack this and you start thinking about this. And, I, and we'll talk a little bit about this, Proverbs 31. She wrote a great summary to Proverbs 31 in just a little bit. When we start thinking about words like nurture and compassion and just love in general and patience, maybe, maybe some of you are like, that's not my wife. <laughs> right? and, uh, but, but she's right. We see a lot more female nurses right in this area, typically that, that they're better at just loving on the kids when they get hurt. You know what I mean? Guys are like, rub some dirt in it. You know what I mean? It's going to be okay. You know what I mean? You're good. You're good. Don't cry. What are you crying for? You know what I mean? And she, talks, she says sometimes women cry. Sometimes it happens occasionally. And as men, you just need to learn a couple of questions. Like, is this, do you want some advice? Or do you just want me to be here? This will save you a ton of time. Right? Because if you come in here like, hey, here's what I would do in this situation. You know, I would come in here and I'd fix that. And they're like, oh, man, they don't want to hear that. Or sometimes they just want you to be present. That's all. Understand. Yeah, just sit there and just listen. And so if you just get that out of the way, it's okay to ask that. I promise you it's okay. So when the emotions come, right, is it better, baby? Is you, do you just want me to be here or do you want, you want some solution? I just want you to listen and understand, okay. I'm, truly I'm understand. And, I'm, you, and you just sit there and, you, guys, you just hold on to those words and just love your, your wife in that moment and it becomes something beautiful. But here's what I know about a wise woman and a wise man and a wise person in general is that they will be led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're talking about a spirit-led life here on how to love and care for your family. So you're sitting here as a single. That doesn't make any sense. No, it makes total sense. Because some of you are the only person serving the Lord in your family. And your family is waiting for you to show them this care and concern and love that can only come from our Heavenly Father. But right. this role as helper doesn't only stop there. There's another one called follower. And I'm going to let her talk to it again because, man, we don't want get, to get the women all riled up. So go ahead, babe. Follower. 
Ephesians 5, 22 to 24, it says, For wives, this means to submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior, his body, the church, as the church submit to Christ. So your wives should submit to your husband in what? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Okay? I know. When I was younger, with my years, I was like... I was like, well, what time of day is this? That, do we have to do that? But the more I grew, the more I read the word of God, the more that God gave me that wisdom that I understand. The water, there's a water. Yeah. Everything has, has the water. Otherwise, it's going to be chaos. Yeah. The submitting is, is basically under, it's, it's ranked under. Under, it's, it's, it's a submit under the authority or power of someone else and it's usually deemed mandatory or obligatory. It's obligated, we're obligated to. I know you're going to get, I, I, I know I'm going to get some phone calls, but listen to this. <laughs> but listen to this. The purpose of the submission is not for him to look good or me to look good. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, I'm just in control. Oh, he says, oh, yeah, I got it all together. My wife listens to me. No, that's not the purpose. The purpose of submission is to the, for the health of the marriage. Healthy marriage needs have order. Yeah. These have water. Yeah, yeah. You know what? When you were talking about that, I was thinking about this. And yeah. we look at this kind of breakdown. It says that this is an act of service to the Lord, right? It's Amen. God honoring. And when we submit to Christ, we should submit to our husbands. Now, hold on. I know I'm saying that as a man. But uh, my wife just informed me a few days ago that, hey, I did this. And when we look at Ephesians chapter 5 and that back half there, what we see is that there's three verses for women. And nine verses for men. So hold on. We're going to get there in just a second, guys. you got some work to do. What are you cheering for? <laughs> but helper, follower, and this last one, I kind of want to segue into this because we both fill this role. And it's role as a provider, but it's just different for women. It's different because we hope we wives provide for the family in, in a, such a unique way. Mm. In such a unique way. Everybody here, okay? Everybody. Work and productivity is very important to life. Yeah. Okay? Very important. Women need tasks that involves people yeah. and stimulate her intellect. So if you're a stay-at-home mom, I applaud you, I salute you, yeah. because it's hard work. I've done that. I've done that for years. So I really, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, you're doing the hard work. You're raising children so that your husband can do what, you, what he can do. So I applaud you, I salute you, and, um, and, it, and, and, and it really, it's... it's, it's Women here, that how we, how we, how we provide here in a such a unique way. And let me, let, me, let me explain this to you. Over the years, over the ministry, years and years, when women here, I'm preaching to myself because I, I was the one. I don't know. I don't want to be the one again. But here, listen to this. This is very important. Women, when we don't have anything to do, like our kids don't need us day to day, we don't have a job, we can, be, we can be used by the devil. And then we come up with like, I just, I just feel like I don't know. I just don't know. I don't have purpose, you know. I don't feel you love me anymore. You just always focus on work, you know. I, I just don't feel like I'm productive. You know, I just, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. No, 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 no. Listen. Proverbs 16, 27. Listen to this, okay. It says, idle hands. Ah, the, devil, the devil's workshop. Uh, idle lips are his mouthpiece. So get to work. Get to work. We have a special place to provide for our family. 
for family, for our children, and even work, right? Even work. So we are going to take a look at uh, Proverbs 31. This is a glimpse of a wise wife, a wise woman. She was, in the scripture, she was an entrepreneur. She was a wonder woman. <laughs> she was. I'm telling you this. I wrote a sum up for this Proverbs 31 woman. I want you to read it. My intention is not to, for you to feel bad. No, not at all. My intention is I want you to feel God have designed you, gave you special talents and gifts so you can be that Proverbs 31 That's right. woman. That's right. It's very achievable, okay? Yeah. Here it says, I summed it up for you. You can, you can sum up yourself. You know, seriously, it's super easy. One, she doesn't put her hope in rubies, but in God. She serves his husband, her household. Her husband trusts her. You know the trust, the bills, years to bills, it takes minutes to ruin it. So don't ruin it. Her husband trusts her. She's diligent and hardworking. She's a hard worker. Read it. And she cares for the poor and needy. I love that about this woman. Cares for the poor and needy. Sounds like a church woman. Really does. Sounds like a godly church woman. She is diligent, hardworking. She cares for the poor and the needy. She respects her husband. Listen, if you don't take home anything, take home this. Respect your husband. No husband's wanting a disrespectful wife. Sounds very harsh, but it's the truth. But it's the truth, okay? And she closes with strength and dignity. She is hopeful. She's not loomy gloomy. She's hopeful. And she's wise and watchful. Her children, here's the result. Here, her children praise her, bless her. Her husband praise her. She fears the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Solomon, the wisest man, talking about after all is done, after all is heard, I heard, fear the Lord, fear the Lord, and obey his commitment is the whole duty of men and women. All right? This, Fear is, the Lord. this is so important, you know, and, and as, as she's reading this kind of sum up, who doesn't want to be wise in here? And it's not, this is a, a Proverbs 31 woman, but we want to be wise like this too, guys. We need to understand this. So I want to use that as kind of the segue here because she talked about respect, that, that when we respect or submit in this. Well, here's what I would say to this. Husbands, if you want respect in the biblical way, then you need to respect the position that is put in your care. You need to respect the position because you are representing the Lord's way. And if he was gonna, if he's gonna give that position to you, you better steward it in the best way, right? And if you want respect, then you well, here's how you do it. You love and respect back. Because this is mutual submission here. It's not just me dominating her and doing this. No, there has to be so much more. Ephesians 5:33. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Oh, if we start talking mutual submission and respect, I start seeing her as worthy. Steam her. Lift her up. I want, to, I want to communicate that to her. I want her to feel the best way about herself. You know, something ha- happens. It's not for me to take advantage of her. No, it's, it's, it's the complete opposite of that. And we know that we love ourselves, right? People love no man hated his own flesh, the Bible says, right? And so we have roles too. And it's not just as leaders. We're the leaders. And so much more than that. So much more than just making decisions. We call them helpers and followers and providers, but we're providers too. We just got to twist it. Sometimes we think like, I bring home the bacon. Well, bacon alone will give you 
a heart attack, right? We need, <laughs> we need some, some greens to, to offset that, right? But listen, listen to seriously, more seriously, what if we brought home the bacon, but we also brought home the sweets? And here's what, here's what I want to say about that is that sometimes we, we work really hard as men, which we're designed to do, and then you come home, and you've been working 10 hours, and the, and the wife's been at home with the kids, and you, you come home, and you just want to sit on the couch. You're tired. And she says, hey, can you, can you help with the baby? Can you play with the kids? Can you, can you put the, the clothes in the washer, in the dryer, and we're like, man, don't you know I've been working all day? Don't you know I bring home the bacon? Where, where's the sweetness? Where's that? There's something, there's something inside of that that we would own those moments because we are providers. And what if we provided this kind of space, right? And we are workers. I mean, Genesis 2.15, the Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. Yes, the work stuff. But what a better garden in my own relationship with my wife and my daughter. I begin to nurture that soil and to put into it and water that and to care for it and, and do that and again it's more than just decision stuff it's this is bigger it's more than just providing money some of you provide some amazing money but nobody showed you how to love nobody showed you how to just stop and and sometimes the provision isn't about the money sometimes it's like when you get home and you're exhausted and you pull yourself out of the recliner and you get on the floor and you play with the kids take me to the haircut, right? Or take you to get a haircut and sit outside while you do that, because that's hard. (laughs) It's hard to go grocery shopping, you know what I mean? I I don't like it a lot. I'm like, can we just order this stuff and make it happen? No, she wants me to do that. Sometimes I don't feel like it, but I don't always get it right. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. First Timothy 5.8 says this, but but those who don't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers providers, but not only just providers, we talk about provision and protection as love, right? We're protectors. Husbands as protectors, there's probably not a dad or a husband in here who wouldn't lay down in traffic for your family. But, but check this out. Listen to, listen to 1 Peter 3, 7. In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Listen to this, she might be weaker than you. Most husbands in this room are stronger, physically stronger than your wife. Don't forget that, there's something inside of this here. Don't forget, your your voice carries weight. It carries weight to it, like when you say something, sometimes it just hurts so bad. When you say that, it's like, like, how could you say that to me? If you look at your, your ring, husbands, you look at it, almost all of your rings are wider and thicker. Some of them are tungsten carbide because you're machinists and you're mechanics and you work outside and, and it, you don't want it to, to break. And so it's hard and it's scratched up and the wives are a little more dainty and it's got a beautiful, it's beautiful. Why do husbands not wear the diamonds like all shiny? It's because their hands are put to the plow, right? But when you look at those rings, I'd look at mine. Mine's actually silicone because I kept bending my metal one. And when I look at that, I know mine is bigger than hers. And I know that she's weaker than me, not just physically. But I know that if I'm not careful with my words, they'll be so heavy that they will break her down. So if I want to protect anything, I want to protect her heart. 
I got my daughter sitting in this room today and the best, the best thing I can do for my daughter is to love her mother well. It's the best thing. And when, when that happens, she's going she's gonna to continue to grow up and one day, there's going to be some idiot that comes along. I'm prepared for that. Anyway, you guys got my back, right? We got each other's back. All right, cool. Thank you. I see you guys. We, we, we got each other's backs on this. We'll beat that joker down if we have to. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, of course. And she's going to know. She's going to know this is how I'm supposed to be treated. Not that I've always got it right, but I'm getting better. It's a little bit better every single day as my my provision and my protection over her heart and mine. And and, and listen, Ephesians 5 real quick says this because there's a whole bunch in here. Go back and read it for yourself because we're about out of time. But husbands, this means love your wives as just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present himself with a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or blemish. He goes on to talk there, but whoa. All of a sudden, that submissive part in the women got real small. When it says, husbands, you better love like Jesus loved. You better love. I better love her like Jesus loves me. Oh, everything just got real heavy. In no possible way, when we look at it like that, could this, this passage be seen as misogynistic or demeaning towards women. It couldn't be seen that because the order for the man is so tall, it's so big that we would call, that we would self-sacrifice, that we would humble ourselves. There's some times when I'm like, mm, I got something to say. And I'm like, you better keep your mouth shut because that is not going to help anybody today, yourself included. Just, you know how you get through it? You sit there till you get there. <laughs> You'll get there. <laughs> right? You just sit there until you get there and it's working. And, and here's what I want to say this as we, as we end up is that, that husbands, here's your role. Here's your role. Be the priest of your house. I've been saying this so much in this season that I cannot say it enough. Be the priest. There is a longing for the woman to be led spiritually by her husband. And when it's flipped around, when the wife is doing the pulling, it doesn't sit well. I'm not saying women don't do that if your husband is. No, if he's not doing it, doing it. But I'm saying men, we need to ante up and kick in like we are supposed to and lead spiritually. Amen. And maybe nobody showed you that. And I say, it's okay. We're showing it to you. God has showed it to us in scripture. But I'm telling you today so that we can get this right. Listen to this. I'm gonna, I want to I wanna say this and then we'll be done. I don't want to be a good husband. I want to be a, a great and godly husband. That's it. This is This is... A great husband, a godly husband will do this, will make it easier for his wife and his family to grow in their relationship with Jesus. That's priest. I'm going to wrap you up. I'm going to put you on a spiritual car with the best wheels and shove you guys towards Jesus every single day. I need to do that for you, babe. I commit that. I need to do it for my daughter, Grace. I I commit it to to all of you to do that, to model that, is that that, that when they see our relationship, they see Jesus in it. We stand together. what we need to do. We need to just, just let go for a second because there's, there's some hurt in the room. I know any, any group of people this big, some of you have been hurt. I just want you to bow your heads right now. Maybe today's the day when you let go of some of that pain. Broken relationships. 
parents who didn't model correct behavior for you. I'm going to ask my wife to pray over you guys, and then I'm going to follow her by praying over you as well. Hey, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I once was lost. I was blind. You found me. You found my heart. You saved me. You made me whole. You constructed me to be holy, just like you are. And you gave me a wonderful family, a godly family, Lord. We thank you. But I know, I know, I know, you did this for me. And also, you can do it for everybody that is here. Everyone that is here want you and your word, your blessing. One, I pray that our relationship with you first and foremost will have you as our guide, as our source, as a hope, as everything. Your word that is our guide, Lord. We will just use your word, wash over us, exercise our, 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 our spiritual muscle. We'll be strong in you. We know that the blessing will come as long as we stay on the path of life, wanting you and thirst, hunger for you, Lord Jesus, Father. Our marriage will flourish. Your will be done in our lives, in our marriages, in this community too. I pray for healing. There's so much hurt, like just I was experiencing, Lord. Messy family, broken relationship. Nothing puts us in a miserable situation like, like relation. Misery. So I pray that you will just extend yourself. Touch our hearts right now as we're speaking from head to toe. Your healing, your restoration, your building process. Start right now, Lord Jesus, Father. As if you were just standing in front of us. We could just touch you. We could just touch you. The healing will come. Just like you promised in the New Testament. You healed your children because of their faith. We have faith in you, Lord Jesus, Father. You will heal us. We thank you. We love you. We honor you. Make our home sanctuary. Make our hearts line for you. You have so much for us. We love you. We look up to you. Bless us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Father, we thank you for the chance to be here. And I thank you for your grace that's in the room today. And I pray that you just heal wounds. God, fix our thoughts. Some of us are stuck in bad thought patterns. There's a root of bitterness that's inside of us from broken models. I pray that we see so clearly your model for love. That, that would be the standard for us, for every marriage in this room, for every person in this room. Let your healing touch come over this place. Holy Spirit, just do your work, your restoration. Fix marriages, sibling relationships, parental relationships. Do an incredible work in us, Lord. We love you so much. We're thankful for your presence. You never gave up on us. You're a fixer of things. You're a restorer. And so we just slide everything over to you. Say we're all in today, God. Do what you want with us. Take our relationships and have your way. Let your will be done in them. And let them honor you as we reflect your love to the world. We honor you, Lord. 
bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. Can we put our hands together, church? Real quick, let me tell you a couple things. If you're a married couple in this room, uh, biblical model marriage, listen, do this. Sign up for the marriage conference today. That helps us. We're planning. We're putting a lot into this. We want to know you're coming. This isn't only for our church. So maybe you have some neighbors that fight all the time. They're married. They say, hey, we want to invite you to this. We, we always hear you at like 2.30 in the morning throwing pots and pans. We, th- we feel like this could be beneficial to not just you guys but also us because we like sleep. So invite them to this. We believe God can touch them. And uh, we're just excited. We love you guys tremendously. Let us know how we can help you if anything. All right, let's pray our benediction together. Father, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you, Life Point.